Welcome to Halakha Hour here on jrootradio.com. You can listen to us on jrootradio.com or on the jroot radio pro app. Also, if you'd like to listen on the phone, you could call up 718-506-909. Let's give you the numbers to the station before we begin the the halakhot before we begin the class, the numbers to the station if you would like to call in for a question. Um, like always, we recommend they call at the end of the class or we'll dedicate some time afterwards. Even after we finish the class, we'll be here in the station. The number is 718-683-5858. And the text, you can text at any time you'd like. Hopefully we get to it. And the text line is 347-927-8398. Again, the text line is 347-927-8398. Here in the Halakha Hour, this is the class dedicated once a week. It's aired on usually on the online from three from two to three on Wednesday. If so, you're listening now on Wednesday from two to three. You're listening live, and it'll be on again from eleven to twelve also on Wednesday evening. The halakha hour is for the sake of learning halachot and understanding the halachot. We usually work from the Benish High, except if it's a seasonal halakha, for example. Right now, today's class will be on Sefirat Omer, on counting the Omer. So then we do not work off the Benish High unless the Benish High has in his Sefer somewhere talking about this subject. Before we begin the class, just to give a word to our sponsors. Today's class is Lalu Nishmati Tzhaq Ben Sabhiyyeh. And also, it is dedicated for a bracha, a blessing for Zerash al to a certain couple that wants to be anonymous. Okay, today's class is, like we said, is on Sefirat Omer and the counting of the Omer. Last week, we discussed the halachot regarding what we need to know after Pesach. And although it's not online yet, Bazat Hashem, hopefully after today, by today or tomorrow sometime, the video will be online and you could watch the video and you can listen to the class as well on jrootradio.com. And over there, you'll see a lot of important halakhot that we need to know regarding the laws after Pesach. I know that we came on right after Pesach, and a lot of people may have, may have missed it, but it's important to listen to that class. And in that class, we mentioned also the minhagim that we have during the Omer, and we mentioned that the minhagim of the Omer are that we have mourning. We, all the Jewish people are mourning the loss of the 24,000 Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva, were not regular students, they were not little children. These were great Tanaim, where it seems from the Gemara that the great rabbis, Rabbi Meir Balhanes, Rabbi Huda Barilai, as well as Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, were amongst the smaller of the students, even though they, they were taught later on, but it seems to be that the 24,000 were even greater than those five rabbis that Rabbi Akiva later taught in his life. And therefore, it was such a tremendous loss to the world, to the Jewish world. And today, not today means, but throughout, since then, we have had the custom of mourning. And there's two main things when it comes to mourning. And number one is, we do not have weddings in this time. And number two is that we do not take haircuts or shave. And this is applicable to the men, obviously, not to the women. Although some explain that even some women may, some Ashkenazim hold, that certain that women also may not take haircuts during the Omer. That's been discussed in last week's class. Music, we mentioned that also music is brought down by the Ahronim, not to listen to music. Music meaning not regular singing. What they call a cappella today, just regular singing, where a person is regular singer or regular hazanut, that's not included. We're talking about music where it has musical instruments. So everybody's asking, so how come the radio is playing music with musical instruments. 
And the answer to that are a few. Last week we mentioned some of the answers. One of the answer is that some people don't begin the Sfirat Omer, mean to say their Minhagim of mourning, the customs of mourning, until this Friday. Because they begin only after Rosh Hodesh Iyar. So therefore we could play for them. And it, there's also, there are many, many different customs when it comes to Sfirat Omer. We as Faradim may know only the custom that we have. Our custom is right after Pesach, we go all the way until the day after Lag Baomer, which this year will be May 18th is Lag Baomer, so the day afterwards is May 19th. However, many Ashkenazim have many different customs. You look in Igrot Moshe, Halak Aleph, Kuf Nuntet, and there he brings all the different types of customs that people have. So therefore, as over here, as an internet station, we could broadcast music with regular music. If you are of the opinion or of the custom that you cannot listen to songs with music today, so don't listen. You feel that it's yeah, that that's not proper for you, so you, you don't have to listen. You could just turn off whenever the music comes on. But this is the halakha as far as the from our side to broadcast. From the listeners, you'll have to ask your own local rav over here. The radio station got upset from the rav over here that it's fine to broadcast the music with the musical instruments. Okay, now we'll get to the laws today. Oh, one more thing. I've been asked many times this week. What about going to a wedding? What about going to a wedding during Sfirat Omer? What does that mean? We just said we don't make weddings. And the answer is, we talk about people who hold that the custom of mourning only begins this Friday. So many people like to have weddings on Rosh Hodesh. So they actually tonight, today, right now today is Rosh Hodesh. And tonight is Aleph Iyar. And many people have weddings tonight. Question is, if me as a Sfaradi, or even if I'm an Ashkenazi, but my custom of keeping Naomir began from after Pesach, which means I'm going all the way until after Lagba Omer. So what do I do when it comes to wedding? Am I allowed to attend the wedding and sit and, and dance and listen to music and all these things that we cannot do? And although there are different opinions that Moshe Feinstein explains, he even explains to those who are or say that they'll agree to this, that once it's permitted for the Hatan Kala to get married, it's also permitted for anybody who is invited, anybody who is invited to come to the wedding and attend the Samha and make the Hatan Kala happy in their wedding. And he proves it's a long Teshuvah. You look at it in the Grot Moshe Halakbet. I believe it's Sadi Hey. You look at it, it's nice. It's not so long actually. I, it's pretty simple. The one that I gave you, there's another place, but in Sadi Hey, it's much simpler. You look over there. It is, uh, it, but he's Matir. He says that's not a problem for a person to attend the wedding as long as it's permitted for the Hatan to get married. So therefore, everybody else involved, not just the rabbis who are Mr. Dedekidushim, but everybody, all the per- people invited. So the wedding are also permitted to go to the wedding and be misameyah the hatan kala and there's nothing wrong with it. Now we'll get to the halakhot of Sefirat Omer. Let's begin first of all with the background of <coughs> the little bit of the mitzvah of Sefirat Omer. The mitzvah of Sefirat Omer we find in this week's parasha, Parashat Emor. The Torah tells us, "Usfartem lachem emahorat Shabbat biyom habiachem et Omer tenufa sheba Shabbatot temotihena." It says you excuse me Sheva Shabbatot Timothy yes it says in this week's parasha you have to count for yourselves from the day after Shabbat which means as Hazal tell us that means the day after um, the day after Pesach which is the beginning of the second night of Pesach or second day of Pesach which is second night the Torah tells us that you must start to count the um, from the day you bring the Omer. 
you must start to count seven weeks and they have to be complete. Temimot. And then the next pasuk says, Tisperu HaMishim Yomi have to count 50 days, which Hazal interpreted mean to say 49 days up to 50 days. And that is the mitzvah in the Torah. Torah tells us we have to count 49 days from the day after Pesach all the way until Shavuot, which is exactly 7 weeks and 7 days. And each week that comes out to 49 days until Shavuot. Now I'm going to go a little bit, not on a tangent, but an important point, some people may not feel it's important, but it's really important. And that is the, qu- the question that's already from the time of the Gemara. Is the mitzvah in our days to count the Omer, midde'oraita or midde'ra banan? Is it a Torah obligation or is it a rabbinic obliga- obligation to count the Omer? Why, why, why should we say it's rabbinic? It says it clearly in the Torah. Wusfartem lachem memahorat shabbat why in the world would we think it's rabbinic? And the answer is, although the pasuk is mentioned in the Torah, but still, since the Torah also says, from the day that you bring the Omer, the Omer was a special, basically it was a special korban. What they did is that they harvested, the first of, of the harvest that they took in Eretz Yisrael was brought to the Beit HaMikdash, so that was brought as a korban. The Torah will detail the, the korban. If you look in this week's parasha, you see the korban. So, since the Torah says that you have to count when you bring the Korban, so maybe you would say that, you know what? The today that we don't have a Beit HaMikdash and we're not bringing the Korban, the counting is not Midoraita because it seems like the Torah depended on that. Or you could say, no, bottom line, the Torah gives a mitzvah. It happens to be, it mentions it next to the Korban. And just because we don't have the Korban doesn't mean the mitzvah is not around. We still have the mitzvah Midoraita to count. This is, whatever answer you answer, you are correct, because this is a mahlokit. It's a mahlokit from the Gemara, it's a mahlokit also in the Rishonim. Let's go from the Gemara. The Gemara, I'm not going to go through the whole Gemara, but the Gemara is found in Masechet Menachot, Samikh Vav Amud Aleph, 66a, if you have art school. Anyway, so the Gemara says that there was a mahlokit already between Rabbanan de Be'rab Asheh and Amemar. According to, and whatever they did basically comes out like this. According to the rabbis in the yeshiva of Rabbi Asher, Rabbi Ashi, some say, is that they counted, they, the way they counted, they understood that the counting is an obligation in the Torah. And Amemar, the way he counted, he understood that it's really, it's only a zikr. In memory of the Beit HaMikdash, in commemoration of the temple that we had once upon a time, so therefore it's only a zikr to remember Beit HaMikdash, just like we shake the lulav, on seven days of the holiday, even on Midoraita, you all have to do Why do we do it for seven days? To remember what was done in Beit HaMikdash. We do so also over here. We count the Om in order to remember the Beit HaMikdash. Those are the two opinions in the Gemara. And the Mahlokit extended even to the Rishonim. The rabbis of of before the Shuhan Aruch, from seven, eight hundred years ago already, in nine hundred you could go even, the Rif, the Rambam, as well as the Hinuch, all of them hold that the counting that we do today, the counting of the army that we do today is also Midoraita. It's a Torah obligation. However, there's others who disagree, the Rosh, the Rashba, Tur, the Raza, and of course there's many others on each side as well. They hold that the Mizvah is Midderabbanan. The Mizvah is Midderabbanan. You're going to you're probably wondering, who cares if it's a right to the banana? With that soon, you'll see that you must know this. It's very important to know if it's the right to the banana in order that we will understand many things in the rest of the class. In any case, we want to know. Bottom line, 
we hold like Suhan Aruch. Even Ashkenazim, if the Ramad doesn't disagree, you, we hold like Maran, the Suhan Aruch, the Mechaber. So what is the opinion of the Mechaber? What is the opinion of Maran Bet Yosef? Is counting the Omer in our days Middeoraita or Middeorabanan? So Maran in the Bet Yosef, not in the Suhan Aruch, in the Bet Yosef, seems to imply that counting in our days is Dirabanan. There he brings a certain law, a certain deen, and he disagrees on the rabbi who said the deen. He says, because in our days, like the Ran says, the majority of Rishonim hold that the counting in our days is only Dirabanan. Therefore, you could be lenient in a certain case, whatever the case may be. In Suhan Aruch, though, he doesn't write if it's right or Dirabanan. And usually if Maran doesn't write in Suhan Aruch, just because he may say something in Beit Yosef, not always does he agree when it comes to Shohan Aruch. Not always will he continue in the same ruling when it comes to Shohan Aruch. 95% of the time, yes, but not always. So therefore, Maran doesn't say his opinion Shohan Aruch. But there are proofs that you can bring from the Shohan Aruch that Maran, the Beit Yosef, the Mechaber holds that counting Sfirat Omer, counting the Omer in our days is Medirabanan. We'll bring you two quick proofs. And first of all, as follows. First of all, Maran holds that a person, when there is a need, a person could count this, uh, the Omer in Ben Hashmashot. What is Ben Hashmashot? Ben Hashmashot is the period between sunset and Setakochabim. According to Halakha, any time before sunset is considered daytime, and any time after Setakochabim, when the stars come out, is considered nighttime. The time in between, I believe in English, is called twilight. The time in between is a question. The time in between is called Ben Hashmashot. And we discussed this in Chod Shabbat. Uh, and we discussed it at length. You should look at one, listen to the classes we had on Ben Hashmashot. There we discussed it at length. In any case, in between time, it's called Ben Hashmashot. The Gemara in Masechet Shabbat explains that the time in between is Safek Yom, Safek Laila, Safek Yom Velayla. It's a da- we're not sure if it's really a day. If it, We're not sure if it's really part of the night. We're not sure if it's a mixture of day and night. So therefore, we're always stringent when it comes to laws that are midday oraita. For example, Shabbat. We accept Shabbat by sunset. Once sunset comes, that's it. It's already Shabbat. For all, Even though it's technically, it's a Safek. Still, Safek, the right al-Humrah. When it comes to laws of Adirabanan, we're more lenient over there when it comes to laws of Adirabanan in Ben Hashmashot. And here you see, uh, where the Shohana Ruch says that a person could count in Ben Hashmashot, so it comes out that really, he's holding that Safek Adirabanan. How could you make a blessing and count over Yisfirat Omer in Ben Hashmashot if you really hold that Zirayta, Safek Adirayta Al-Humra? Obviously, the fact that Maran says that you could count in Sfirata, in, that you could count Sfirata Omer, during Ben Hashmashot, he holds that it is Dirabanan. That's one proof. Another proof is a little bit more complicated. And just to go quickly, basically, uh, I'm looking at the time. I don't think I'm going to have so much time if I go through the whole proof. But basically, Maran Shohan Aruch in Ovi Taf Petet Seivav, Ovi Mbrigz Halakha, he says that if a person does not know the day when he made the blessing, he was thinking the wrong day. Lemashal. He was thinking, let's say, tonight is the 16th, okay? And when the person was making the barakah, he thought it was the 17th. And then afterwards, he realized at the end of the barakah that he realized that it's really the, not the date that he was thinking about. There's a question based on the Gemara Masechah if that works or not. Maran was lenient in whichever way it is. As long as you counted, even though you thought the wrong date, it, it still works. That's the opinion of Shohan Aruch. And over there, the Ahronim bring 
look over here clearly he's ruling safek I know it's not so clear the way I said it, and the reason is because to really explain it will take another 10 minutes, and we don't have that time to get through all the things. Okay, now let's get to our original question. What is the difference if Sfirat Omer for me today, what's the difference? If it's the right, the bottom line, I have to do it, right? So what is the difference? Well, we already told you the rule. There's a rule that we have when it comes to Psaq Halakha, when we come to rule Halakha. We, maybe, most of the most of us, maybe we'll just open up the book and see whatever the rabbis rule, and that's it. We will go and follow whatever our rabbis tell us to do. Whether they tell us, when they tell us to jump, we jump as high as they want us to jump. Or whatever they tell us, we follow what our rabbis tell us. And if it's the right or the rabbis, if they're lenient, if they want to be mahmir, that's what we follow. But as far as a person who wants to understand the reasoning of the psak halakha, the rule is as follows. Whenever you have a doubt in a matter that is minhat Torah, that matter that is an obligation in the Torah, which is called safik, a doubt, de oraita, on a subject from the Torah. The rule is lehumra, we're always stringent. However, if you have a doubt, when the subject is one which is rabbinical, let's say there's a law that's only rabbinic, Hazal made it establish a certain law that's only rabbinic, the rule is safik de rabbanan lekula. Since it's a doubt in a law that's de rabbanan, that's only rabbinical, we will be lenient. Who's we? We doesn't me and you. We means the poskim. The poskim who are coming, the rabbis who are studying the laws, studying the Torah the whole time, and they have to decide on a certain law. This is the rules that they work with. For me and you, we can just pick and say, okay, this is Safiq, and this is Dirabanan, so it must be Safiq, I'm going to be lenient. And this is the right time, Safiq, I'm being stringent. We can't do that. We have to listen to our rabbis tell us to do. If we want to understand how to learn, we understand the laws that we're learning, it's important to know this rule. This rule is for those who are learning Psakalach, excuse me, those who are learning the dinim from the sources, and they have the, they have the obligation of giving us a Psakalach. So therefore, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to know this rule, and that's what they work with. Let's get to another explanation in the mitzvah of counting Omer. We mentioned the pasuk, the verse says, Sheba Shabbatot, when you count, you count seven weeks, Temimot Tihiena. The weeks also have to be complete. Temim, Tamim means Shalem, like from the word Shalem, a, a complete whole. You have to count seven whole weeks. And here we have a difference of opinion. We have a different way of understanding what Temimot means. Mainly we have three shitot, two, but three shitot that comes out, how to explain the obligation of Temimot. According to the Bahagana by Yehudai Gaon, they write the following. They say that if a person forgot one of the days of the Omer, we have 49 days. Let's say a person forgot to count one of the days, that's it. You lost it. You'll, you cannot continue to count anymore. If you count, it means nothing. Let's say, for example, a person has been counting one day, two days, three days. He got up to day number 24. Now, the 25th day, he forgot about it. Whatever the reason may be. It doesn't make a difference. He forgot. He did it on purpose. He was anus. At the end of the day, he didn't count. He gets to day number 26, and he remembers that, wow, I did not count the whole day, in the, the whole 25th day. According to the Bahag, don't bother counting 26, 27, 28, according to him. Why? Because you already lost it. The Torah says you have to be complete. You already broke it. You're not, not, you're not complete. You didn't count all the 49 days. 
So if you continue counting apps, it means nothing because you already you already broke the count and you don't have the complete mitzvah. As some explain it, temimot means that the whole mitzvah, the whole 49 days is considered one big mitzvah. And once you cut it, you already broke it. However, not most Rishonim do not agree with the Bahag and Rabbi Hudai. Most Rishonim disagree with this interpretation. Most Rishonim hold that when the Torah says temimot, this doesn't mean that if you missed one day, you can't continue counting. Most Rishonim hold that every single day is a separate mitzvah. Every day that I count is another mitzvah. I counted yesterday, last night's Omer. I counted last night, that was the 15th of the Omer. Today, when I count the 16th, it's another mitzvah. That means at the end of Tavshin Ein Dalit, if I counted all 49 days, in Shamaim, I'll have 49 mitzvot. According to the Bahag, if I counted all 49 days, I only have one mitzvah. Therefore, the meaning of Temimot, according to the Bahag, means that the whole 49 days have to be complete. Otherwise, I broke the mitzvah. According to the other Rishonim, the majority of the other Rishonim, the meaning of Temimot means that each day, I have to make sure that each day is Shalim. I have to make sure that I count each day. And even though I missed one of the days, I can still continue, even with a blessing, according to the other Rishonim. Why? Because if each day is not connected to the other one. I still am fulfilling another mitzvah. So I didn't do one of the days. I missed one of the days. So I won't have 49 mitzvot. I'll have only 48 or 47. But still each day is a separate mitzvah. That's the opinion of the majority of the other Rishonim. There's a third opinion that's not so famous. The opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. The way some explain it. Rabbeinu Tam holds that if you, in order to be out of the loop, in order to be out of the, uh, basically, of, of, uh, of counting the Omer, if, in order to break that counting the Omer, you have to miss the night. If you miss the night only, that already can't continue the next day. You lost it. We know that the counting Omer, we're counting for the whole day. And the day begins with the night, and then we go to the day. According to the Venu Tam, if you miss counting at night, already doesn't make a difference if you count in the day, you lost it. Does he hold that it's 49 separate mitzvot or only one big mitzvah? It's not clear from the words of Rabbeinu Tam, but this is what he says regarding the nighttime, that you only count at night, but not in the daytime. Well, that's the way at least some Rishonim explain him. In any case, remember what we said as a rule? Isfirat Aumir Dirabana on Deoraita. Counting with Aumir is Dirabana. So therefore, Lehalacha, in general, we're going to see the full details later on, we hold Lekula. Since the counting with Aumir is Dirabana, so we're lenient to go with mostly. Who's the most lenient opinion? The opinion that says that if you miss the counting, so therefore you could continue counting afterwards because you still have another chance to make it up later on. So therefore, we're going to be lenient when it comes to counting the Omer. Since counting the is anyway, and besides the fact that we have the majority of the Rishonim, we're going to say count anyway, continue counting anyway. However, the blessing that we make on the mitzvah is Deoraita. Since the blessing is Deoraita, so we come back to the fake Deoraita lehumra. When we have a doubt in the law that's Minha Torah, we have to be stringent. So over here, although we may continue counting, we can't make the blessing because when it comes to the blessing, we have to be stringent and say that we safek Deoraita lehumra and not make a berakha. And that's a halakha lemaaseh. If a person forgets to count one full night and one full day, he does not continue to count 
with a blessing. He should continue to count anyway, but without a blessing. Let's give an example. Tonight will be, I believe, the 16th of the Amir. Let me just check over here. Yeah, tonight is the 16th of the Omer, which means which means if a person forgets to count tonight the 16th of the Omer, so therefore what should he do? What he should do is count the 17th and onwards, every day onwards, but without a beracha. Why? Because according to the Rishonim, that's a mitzvah, so you're doing according to those Rishonim. According to the other ones, according to the Rishonim, according to the Bahag, who says that you broke it, okay, so I won't make a beracha, I won't lose if I make a beracha, if I count without a beracha. That is a chalmase. Another chalmase, based on these other Rishonim, the primary time to count with a blessing is at nighttime. We're going to see later on that it runs all the way until Allah Shahar. If a person, if a person forgot to count at night, then in the daytime, for the next day, you could still count, but make sure you count without a blessing. Why? So you can be Yotzei Dehabah Kontra Benetime. Remember, Benetime holds that the next day, you can't count, you already lost it. So therefore, we count the next day, but without a blessing. This is a background to the Mizvah of Svirat Omer. It is, I agree, it is a little bit more complicated, especially for one who is not used to studying inside, but one who is listening and paying attention and wants to know the source of the deen, it will be very, very helpful to understand many of the halakhot later on. And now we'll get to practical. How to count, when to count, what time to count, who should count, we now will get to the practical part of the halakhot of Svirat Omer. Let's begin, first of all, who is obligated to count the Omer? Well, like any mitzvah, men... That are from the ages of Bar Mitzvah and onwards, which is 13 years old and one day and up, the old men are obligated in the counting of the Omer. What about women? Are women obligated to count the Omer? So, technically, women are exempt. Why? We have the rule. What's the rule? Rule is, Mitzvah nashim petrot. The Mishnah Masechah Kiddushin says, any commandment that is in mitzvah which is, what does it mean mitzvah That means it's a positive commandment. We have in our Torah, mitzvot that we are obligated to do, where the Torah commands us to be active and go ahead and do them. And then we have mitzvot where the Torah commands us to be passive, not to do them. It restricts us from keeping them. The ones where the Torah commands us to keep, that's called mitzvah The ones where the Torah forbids us from keeping, restricts us and tells us not to do, that's called mitzvot lotase. So therefore, the mizvot aseh, if it comes in a specific time, in general, women are exempt. There are exceptions, but in general, women are exempt. Unless you have a special exemption, like Shabbat and, um, and Megillat Eser, whatever. There are pl- times when we have a special exemption for, from this rule. But otherwise, as a general rule, mizvot aseh, women are exempt. So therefore, Sfirat Omer, is it a mizvot aseh or aseh? Well, what's the command? Usfatim Nachem. Torah says you must count. So it's Mizvat Aseh. And what does it, when does the Mizvah begin? Mizvah begins. When does it come? It comes between Pesach to Shavuot. That's a specific time. So therefore, it's called Mizvat Aseh Shazman Ginamah. And like we said, Mizvat Aseh Shazman Ginamah, the Mishnah says that Nashim are, women are exempt. So therefore, that's a simple explanation why women do not count the Omer. They're exempt from counting the Omer because it's Mizvat Aseh Shazman Ginamah. And that is the way the Rambam brings it as well. So, what about if a woman wants to count? She wants to count. Even though she's a she wants to count. So here we come to a mahlokit between Sfaradim and Ashkenazim. According to the Ashkenazim, they hold 
that if a woman, in this case it's a woman, a person who is exempt from a mitzvah and wants to keep wants to fulfill the mitzvah anyway, he could still make a blessing on the mitzvah. What do you mean Hashem didn't command us? Still, since you're coming and obligating yourself to do the mitzvah, you could still make a bracha on it. That's the way the Ashkenazim rule. Which, if you've seen during Sukkot, Chabad, and uh, many Lubavitchers will give the lulab and they talk to women and make them make a beracha because according to the Ashkenazim, you can make a blessing on mitzvah to women. Sfaradim hold? No. We hold that if you're exempt from the mitzvah, if you want to keep the mitzvah, However, you cannot make a blessing on the Mizah. How can you say, command us. So therefore, that wants to fulfill where she's exempt, she can do so, but she cannot make a blessing on it. For example, if she wants to shake Lulab and Etrog on Sukkot, shake it, but don't make a blessing on it. Okay? That is true by almost every single mezvat However, when it comes to counting the Omer, there's an additional factor that we have to t- consider. And that is based on the Zohar. The Zohar says, it's obviously Kabbalistic, it's not only the Zohar, it's also the Arizal, the Benish uh, Hai brings it down, or Litzion also quotes them. But this is all based on the Kabbalah. Don't ask me to explain it, this is not, uh, our, this is my, not my area for sure. But the Zohar says that women have no place to count Sfirat Omer. And therefore, Kavahim also brings it down that women should not count Omer. Even though, in general, we say, where women are exempt. If she wants to do it, why not call Let her do it. When it comes to counting Omer, women should not count Omer Api Kabbalah. Okay? This is for Sfaradim, it's binding. For Ashkenazim, some have a minhag where women count, and now let they count with the blessing. I saw brought down, Peskejvot brings down in the name of uh, that in the house of the stipler, that's the father of the of, of uh, Reb Chaim Kanievsky, the ladies used to count with a blessing. Okay, but again, that's only pertaining to Ashkenazim. For Sfaradim, women should not count, certainly without a beracha, and even without a beracha, they shouldn't count at all. Let's now move on to the next people who are obligated or not obligated children. Children means any children who are under the age of bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, well bat mitzvah like we said girls anyway shouldn't count, svaradim but even I go to Ashkenazim, under bar or bat mitzvah they are exempt like they're exempt from all the other mitzvah in the Torah, however we do have as parents the obligation to train them and Baruch Hashem we send them to yeshivot and we send them to places where they can learn Torah, we get them tutors, and therefore they teach them that they should count, and they could count even with a blessing, even if they missed a day or two or three, the children could count with a blessing because they're doing it mitzad hinuch, they're doing it from, for training purposes, and therefore you could train the children to count with a blessing, and it's a very good training, why not? And give maybe special prizes if the children are able to count the whole thing. The question though is as follows. This is a very interesting question, and... Um, Technically, it happened to me, I guess, because I became, and this applied to me when I was a little child. What if a person becomes bar mitzvah? What if a child becomes bar mitzvah in between the days of Pesach and Shavuot? He becomes bar mitzvah in the days of Omer. Should he now continue as an adult now, in Halakha, he's considered an adult after, after becoming bar mitzvah. Should he continue counting the Omer with a blessing or not? To count without a blessing, you never lose, like we said. Because according to the shitot that hold that EJ is a separate mitzvah, so you're fulfilling a mitzvah. But to count with a blessing is a question. 
Now, this is a big, big mahlokit. It's a big mahlokit. For sure, you could say almost, almost between Ashkenazim and Sfaradim, but even amongst the Sfaradim, we find a mahlokit. Let's begin with the opinion of Hakam Badiyah Zatzal. Hakam Badiyah, when I say Hakam Badiyah, you should know, usually comes of, from many, many other Ahronim. There's not only the opinion of Hakam Badiyah, the following is also the opinion of the Priya Arit, the Hiddad of Haim Palachi, and even from the Ashkenazim, we find the Hiddushay Harim. Hiddushay Harim, Rabbi Yitzhak Meir Magur, the first Ger Rabbi. They all hold that a child, even though he's been counting, so let's say a person becomes Bar Mitzvah Lag Ba'omir. So he's been counting from, after Pesach, he's been counting every single day with a blessing as a child. Now, Lag Ba'omir becomes Bar Mitzvah. What should he do? Should he count now with a blessing or not? According to them, he may not continue to count with a blessing. Why not? Because if he counts with a blessing now, excuse me, why not? Because up till now, the counting that he did means nothing. It was all done mitzad hinuch for training purposes, and it's considered as if he became not since he becomes obligated by lag ba'omer. Now his obligation begins, so it's considered that he missed already all the first thirty-three days of svirat ha'omer. So the counting that he's doing now. He's coming in the middle. They're not considered temimor. They're not considered complete according to the Bahag. So how can he make a blessing? That's the opinion of Hakam Obadiah. That a child who becomes Bar Mitzvah in the middle of the Sfirat HaOmer cannot count with a blessing from now on. He should count, but without a blessing. However, not everybody agrees with this. Like we said, the Ola Tzion, even amongst the Faradim, the Ola Tzion and Kafa Hayim. Hakam Ben Tzion, Bachelot Zatzal and Kafa Hayim, Sofer. Both of them say, that the child who becomes Bar Mitzvah and Sfirat Aumir, and he has been counting till now, he hasn't brought, he didn't break the chain of counting, he may continue counting with a blessing. Why? Because they bring from, the old Lezion really explains in Halak Aleph, it's also brought down Halak Gimel, he explains as follows, that really since the child has counted, so really there was still a counting, even though he did it when he was not obligated, but still at the end of the day, he can't say that he broke the chain, he has temimot, he still has his weeks complete in the counting, and even if you want to tell me that it doesn't work, still we find Ahronim like the Hart Svi, which is of Svi Pesach Frank, who explained it this way, um, other later Ahrim, but even early Ahrim who went this way. So let it be, it's a suffix. I believe even Minhat Hanukh also goes this way, so it's a suffix. When it comes to Firat Aumir, we can learn later on, when you have a sfix, fiqa, you could still you could still count. So therefore, according to Acham ben Tzion, a child who becomes Bar Mitzvah in the middle of Firat Aumir could continue with a blessing. So you have a mahlokit here. Hakam Abadiyah, Hidda, Rab Haim Palachi, Priya Aditz on one side, versus the Old Lesion Kafahim on the other side. What do you do? So we usually revert back to our rule, which is safek berachot lehakil. Unless you have a rabbi that tells you otherwise, and uh, you ask otherwise, and you get a different psak, and you go like the old letzion all the time. Okay, so you could go like the old letzion and kafahim. But otherwise, we have a mahlokit over here between the ahronim. When it comes to berachot, safek berachot lehakil. Anyway, a person makes counts without the beracha, the mitzvah you did. So the beracha, okay, you want. So there's a safek on the beracha. You say safek berachot lehakil in general. However, this is only for the Sfaradim. The Ashkenazim, many, many later Ahronim Ashkenazim, hold that you could count with a blessing. The child who becomes bar mitzvah in the middle of the Omer can, count with a, can continue counting with a blessing. To the point that there's some who say that even if he didn't count with a blessing, now he can count with a blessing. 
But bottom line, the minhag is like the opinion that we mentioned in the beginning, that they count the Ashkenazim, they have a minhag that the child becomes bar mitzvah in, in the middle of Tzfilat Omer. He may continue counting with the beracha as long as he started counting from the beginning with, uh, he started counting from the beginning without missing any of the days. However, one important point for the Ashkenazim, that sometimes if a person missed, missed one of the days of counting the Omer, so since he can't continue counting Beracha, he can listen to somebody else's blessing and be yotzeh with it. Try to avoid having such a katan, meaning to say this child who became Bar Mitzvah in Sfirat Omer, try to avoid having him cover you for the blessing. Because there's a safek if he himself is should make a bracha or not. The minhag is that they, Ashkenazim hold that they could continue counting with a blessing. Still try to avoid having him be motziyu for the bracha. That is who is obligated. Next, we have to discuss, we have to explain, is when to count. What is the best time to count the Omer? And let's begin. The day, remember, it's a mizvah on the days. You're counting days. And what does the day begin according to Halakha? Look in the Torah, the first page. The day begins from the Eire, from the evening. Our day begins from nighttime. That's why Shabbat begins Friday night. And Motsa'i Shabbat, Shabbat finishes also Saturday night, because our day begins in the nighttime. So therefore, we're counting the days over here. We must count it when? When the night comes. When is the best time to count? Obviously, for because either you want to say, or because of the reason, and what does it mean? Remember, the Torah commands that they have to be complete. And many Yishonim explain, each day has to be complete. How do you, con- how do you consider that you counted the day complete? At the f- earliest time that the day the day begins, and the day begins in halacha at set hakochabim, and therefore Maran brings down Shohan Aruch, even though he doesn't say those words, that even though, but he says that the best time sofrim the best time to count is set hakochabim. What what it means is that Shohan Aruch is telling us that even though this is mizvah der rabbanan, and technically because it's der rabbanan, we could have been lenient to count at any time that would fit in according to halacha. Still. If you want to be precise, if you want to be one of those people who are careful to do the misvot properly in Bidakdek, so you should count by Tzitek Ochabim. But you probably are saying, okay, that doesn't solve the issue, Rabbi. What in the world is Tzitek Ochabim? Tzitek Ochabim is vague. What does it mean that the stars come out? Today we work with minutes and time. So therefore, you should know Tzitek Ochabim is a big mahlokin. We also spoke about this in our Chabad classes. You look over there. Many, many different opinions. What is called Tzeta Kochabim? We'll just bring you a few different opinions. Three, she thought that you keep in mind. According to Acham Ben Tzion, Tzeta Kochabim means between 25 to 27 minutes after Shekiah. So let's say Shekiah is, I believe tonight, 7.50. So therefore, 25 minutes afterwards will be around 8.15. That is the opinion of Acham Ben Tzion. Wait till about 25, 27 minutes after Shekiah to make a blessing. According to Acham Abadiah, we find that the earliest time, the earliest calculation you can make according to the Geonim of Sete Kochabim is 13 and a half minutes. So therefore, since counting Omer is Dermed so we could take the most lenient opinion and therefore you could count as early as 13 and a half minutes after Shekiah. That's according to Acham That's called Sete Kochabim already because keep in mind, this is only Dermed What about if a person keeps Rabbeinu Tam? We all know Rabbeinu Tam's opinion. Rabbeinu Tam holds that sunset Excuse me, not sunset. Seda Kochabim, the three stars come out 72 minutes after sunset. That's a famous opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. So what should a person do when it comes to Svata Omer? On one hand, if I wait 72 minutes 
till I count Tzfilat Omer. So I'm not really keeping what it says, Temimot. Remember, Temimot means it should be all complete. On the other hand, if I count a little earlier, the Rakot Rabbeinu time, it's not really Tzit. I want to be one of the Midak Dekim. So the consensus of the post scheme is as follows. Now, most people don't hold Rabbeinu Tam all the way. They don't hold everything like Rabbeinu Tam. Most people. Most people are stringent like Rabbeinu Tam when it comes to subjects that are mid-de-oraita or subjects uh, that are more stringent like, let's say, Motza'i um, Shabbat or Motza'i Yom Kippur. Most people are that way. So therefore, if you, uh, but, but however, when it comes to Dini Mocha Banan, let's say Motza'i Yom Tov or at the end of a fast, a regular fast day. So if you, most people are, are not going to be stringent like the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam. So therefore, if you're such a person, that you'll only follow Rabbeinu Tam's opinion in times where it's Deoraita, like Motza'i Shabbat or Motza'i Yom Kippur, Motza'i Hagim, even to a certain extent, then, and, but otherwise you won't follow the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, so then you should count in the earlier times that we mentioned. Don't wait till Rabbeinu Tam to count the Omer. But if you're of the opinions that hold like Rabbeinu Tam in everything, even if the subject is the Rabbanan, you'll still wait till Rabbeinu Tam, you're mahmir to hold like Rabbeinu Tam in every area, in every aspect of Halakha. So in that case, you're right, then you should wait until Rabbeinu Tam, because for you, that's called Tzit HaKuchabim, that's how you've uh, conducted your life, that's how you are, 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 that's how you follow every halakha, like Rabbeinu Tam, so you can wait 72 minutes until after Shikad in order for you to count the Sfirat Omer. However, Me'ikar you have to know that technically, this uh, right now we explained, according to Shohan Aruch, Hamidak Dekim, if you want to be precise in your halakha, but Ma'ikaradin, technically a person could be Yotzei Dehoba Ben Hashem Ashot. Ben Hashem Ashot means after Shekiah. And where is this practical? It's practical in two areas. Number one, if you're praying with a minyan and they finish Arbit right after sunset, even though it's before Tzitek Ochabim, the Tzibur could count. Not only they count, they should count. The Tzibur should count. The Hazan, somebody should count. Not everybody has to count, but the minyan itself as a minyan has to count. Because why? Because most people don't remember to count. Let's be honest. Most people forget. Most people have many things on their mind, like their Blackberries and their iPhones and their text messages. And Baruch Hashem, people have good things on their mind, also their family and their other things and their work. So therefore, people forget to count. So therefore, as a tzibur, as a minyan, they should count in the minyan. If it don't want to, you yourself don't want to count, we'll talk about you afterwards. The other practicality of knowing this deen, that technically a person could be Yotzei Dehoba when counting after sunset, even during the time of Ben Hashmashot, is the following halakha. You have to be careful when somebody's, not to mention to anybody, that what day it is before you yourself counted. Because there's a mahlokit if mitzvot need kavana or not. What does that mean? It means that if I am counting, or if I'm fulfilling a mitzvah, must I have intention that I'm fulfilling the mitzvah? Or if I fulfill the mitzvah by accident, it counts anyway. That's a mahlokit. It's found in Hilchot Kriyat Shema, I believe, Siman Samech Aleph. If mitzvot sichot kavana or not, Samech or Samech Aleph, you look over there, if mitzvot sichot kavana or not, and therefore, although the Psaq Halakha is that mitzvot sichot kavana, over here that we're dealing with the Beracha, so we want to be stringent even according to the opinion so that says Mizvot and Sichot Kavanah. And therefore, when a person is being asked, after sunset, what day is it, let's say tonight, after sunset, after 7.50, somebody asks you, by the way, what, what, what day is it tonight? 
what day is tonight, and you didn't count yet, you shouldn't tell him, today is the 16th of the Omer, Hayom Omer. Why shouldn't you tell him this? Because maybe, even though you didn't think about counting, but may, you might be Yotzeh, according to the opinion, it says, Mizbot However, you could say either yesterday's date, or what you could do is have a mind that you don't want to be Yotzeh with what you said. When you have negative Kavana, then nobody's going to hold that you're going to be considered that you counted. So therefore, if you're saying, I'm in your mind, that you don't want to count, you can tell the person, tonight is the 16th, because you don't want to count it. But you have to have that kavanah intentionally that you don't want to count. Otherwise, if you don't have that kavanah, it might be considered that you counted, and therefore, you should can resume counting for that day without a berakha. And the following days afterwards, you already can continue counting with a berakha. Now, let's get back to this person who wants to keep the words of Subhan Aruch. He wants to be one of the midagdekim. He wants to count exactly on time. And he's praying with the minyan where they finish before time. It's not set kuchabim yet, according to him. But the minyan, like we said, should count anytime after ben, after, during Ben Hashem the minyan should count. It's not too early for the minyan. But he himself wants to wait. So, the halakha is, you don't have to wait. You don't have to count with the minyan. You can, you can wait till later on and count later on. The only thing is, sometimes people are scared and they might forget. If I don't count right now with me, I might forget. So, Shohan comes and tells us an idea, a very good idea. You can count with the condition as follows. Let's give a practical halakha. Tonight, 7.50 is Shekiah. You go to pray with the minyan. They finish Arbit at 8 o'clock. That's 10 minutes after Shekiah. That's not Sita Kochabim yet, according to almost, almost all opinions. So therefore, what you want to do, you want to count later on, you want to count about 20, 25 minutes later on, or like a Hamadiyah, 13, 15 minutes later on, after, after Shekiah. So what do you do? So in that case, what you could do is as follows. If you're worried that you might forget, either put on your alarm clock, and that will remind you, and then when your alarm rings and it's next to you, you can remember. Or if you forget that even that's not going to help you. What you could do is you could count with the following condition. You could count with the tzibur without a blessing. For example, they're going to say, Hayom Shisha Yom Omer. So you could also say, Hayom Shisha Omer. But before that, have in mind the following condition. That I'm counting right now with the tzibur. But I really want to count in the proper time at 8.20, at 8.15 with a minyan. Uh, excuse me, with a blessing. That's the real counting. If I do remember after 8.15... To count, I'm going to count them with a blessing because my counting that I did with the minyan is really, I'm not saying it. But in case I do forget to count later on, then let my counting that's, that I'm doing right now with the minyan work as if I've really counted the omer. That's a condition a person could make when he's counting, when he's with the tzibur and he really wants to count in the proper time later on with the blessing. He can make that condition even if he forgets later on that evening to count. It's considered he's yotzei de hoba since he counted with the tzibur because that's the condition he made. And if he remembers later on, it's great. He could count with the beracha because the condition was that if he remembers, then the original counting should not work for him. Okay. Let's move on now. Before that, actually, there's a question that comes up in the post scheme. Is it better for a person to count earlier without a minyan or to wait for a minyan and count later than the time? Meaning, let's say a person is praying Arbit at 10 o'clock. And the time to count, the best time, like we said, is let's say between 8.15 and 8.30. So what should a person do? Should he count at 8.30 without a minyan? Or should he wait to pray Arbit at 10? And then until they finish Arbit at 10.15, count over there with a minyan. So this is a mahlokit. The old Litzon says, there's an obligation here that temimoti yena, so therefore count earlier. When the time comes, count right away. You don't need a minyan. 
Not only that, the Be'ur Agra says also that, that there is no need to count with the minyan. A person doesn't have to be with the minyan in order to count. Also, a person doesn't have to pray arbit before he counts. You can count even before praying arbit. That's according to the Old Litzion. However, the Ashkenazi Ahronim, the Grot Moshe, the Menhat Yitzhak, the Shevet Alevi, Vosner, and Israel, they all hold that you should wait for a minyan. They bring different reasons why a person should wait for a minyan. Even though he's going to pray later on, he's going to pray at 10 o'clock, still he should wait for a minyan to count together with a minyan with a tzibur. That's the opinions when it comes to this question. Another few quick halakhot we want to mention about counting the Omer before we get to the next subject, and that is regarding the, the certain halakhot that just very, very quickly, when it comes to counting the Omer, the Gemara learns that a person should be standing when it comes to counting the Omer. It learns it from a pasuk. When you start to plow on, on the kama, which means the standing up, and the Gemara says that you have to stand up when you count the Omer. So therefore, that's important to keep in mind. When you come to count the Omer, you have to stand up, whether you're making the blessing or you're not making the blessing. The mitzvah of counting the Omer has to be done standing up. Pay attention, because sometimes people don't pay attention. You know, in, the, in, in many minyanim, the Sfaradim, in the morning, they'll count in shahrit the Omer again. Why? In case somebody forgot it last night. So if you're one of those people that are counting in the daytime because you're not sure if you counted or not, so you have to stand up also in the daytime. Remember, the mezvah of counting has to be done standing up. So let's say you forgot last night and you're counting in the day. Of course, you're going to count without a beracha. But pay attention to the detail and that is that you must stand up when you counting the So if in the daytime in Shahrit, you're counting with the tzibur because in case you didn't count it last night, so you just stand up when you're counting the omir. Also, lechathillah, this is all a person before counting and before making the blessing really of counting the Omer should know which day it is tonight first you should know that it's the 16th and then say the blessing and count afterwards don't say the Biracha and then start to ask start to wonder wait wait what day is it today and try to figure out what day it is today first find out what the day is and then make the blessing this is only if a person Made the blessing first, and then he's, he then he realized that he doesn't know which day it is. But yeah, he still you'll say the beracha. Let's move on to the next subject, and that is eating before counting the omer. This presents really the main problem. This uh, for this is really on Friday night. Let's explain. The Ramah brings down that when the time comes to counting the omer, which is whatever time you hold is counting the omer. One may not begin. To, one may not begin a meal over there. What is called a meal? A meal means if you're washing with bread, you're washing and you're having bread of about two ounces or more. If a person is planning to have two ounces or more of bread, he cannot begin his meal when the time comes to counting the omer. The Mishnah Bururat points out two things. Number one is that this doesn't only apply to eating. This also applies to any melachot. Any melachot that are mentioned also, like in the Chot Kriyat Shema, that, that once a mezvah comes, a mezvah that has its time right now in the evening, since you cannot begin other melachot, we're scared that through your meal or through the other melachot, you may forget about the mezvah and lose yourself in your meal or in the melachot. So therefore, you cannot begin the meal. Lemashal, we just had before Pesach. We all knew this halacha before Pesach. We had Bedikat Hamitz. And we all know when the time comes to Bikat Hametz, you're not allowed to begin a meal. We, a lot of people know this, that halakha. Also, Kiyachema, which is a mezvah de'oraita, even more so. A mezvah also that, that has to be done in the evening. 
A person may not begin a meal with bread before reading Kriyat Shema. And Mishapura puts out the second thing, and that is that just like by Kriyat Shema, the Rabbi Yonah brings down that the Hayub, the obligation, the, uh, the Isur, really, the Isur of beginning a meal isn't just when the time of the Mizbah comes, but even half an hour before the Mizbah comes. Lemashal. Kriyat Shema, everybody agrees, has to be about Seta Kochabim. Let's say Seta Kochabim is at 8.15. For argument's sake, let's say it's 8.15. So, according to Halakha, from 7.45 already, you're not allowed to begin a meal. Why? Because you haven't read Kriyat Shema. We're worried that you might lose yourself. This is a deen that started from the Gemara. Rabbi Yonah adds a half an hour, and the Shohan Aruch brings this to Psaq Halakha. This is also true when it comes to counting the Omer. You may not begin a meal if you're having bread more than a kibetzah a half an hour before this man of counting the Omer. The question is, what's called the time? What's called the half an hour before? So, according to Mishabura, since Maran says, Hamidakdikim sofrim kochabim, so the half an hour begins before Tzitah Kochabim. That means, let's say Tzitah Kochabim is 8.15, so half an hour before and he can't begin a meal, which is 7.45. That's the opinion of the Mishnah ben Ra. However, the Kafa Hayim brings from the Shohan Aruch Rav, which is Rab Zalman Agraz, and Hazon Abriya also goes with this opinion. They hold that since technically a person could begin counting by Shekiah, so really the half an hour begins before Shekiah, which means that half an hour before Shekiah, a person may not begin a meal. So this presents a problem on Friday nights, Lil Shabbat. Why? Because if you pray in the Minyan, if you're praying in the Minyan, that's very, very late, and they're counting, you finish you finish Arbit, and it's already set a Kohabim, and they're counting in Shul, so anyway, you have no issue. But usually Sfirat Omer falls out during the spring days and during the summer days almost, where the nights begin very, very late, which means it's 8 o'clock already, and people like to daven earlier, people like to pray earlier, they want to come home, they, they want the kids to be up a little bit, they don't want to have such a meal at such a late time, they don't have a heavy Shabbos meal at such a late time, so a lot of people like to pray earlier. The only thing is, if you're praying early, how could you begin your meal a half an hour before the Omer? It's too early to count, we all agree, but at the same time, how are you beginning the meal before you count? So this presents a big dilemma, so what could a person do? And what should a person do? So, either you daven very, very early, you pray very, very early, and you could rely on the Mishnah Berura. Remember, it's a mahalokit in the Rabbanan. So, since it's a mahalokit only in the Rabbanan, so you can rely on the Mishnah Berura. And as long as you begin your meal a half an hour before Seta Kochabim, that's fine. And that is doable. If you pray with the earliest minam by Plagam and Ha, that's doable. You finish, you come home, you begin your meal right away, that's good. The other thing you could do is pray later and eat later. For some people it's not optional. So then what you could do is the following. Mishnah Barab brings down that just like we have earlier, something called Kriyat HaShamash. Kriyat HaShamash means, or Shamosh, that depends how you want to say it. There used to be in their days, a person who would walk around the houses and remind everybody that it is time for whatever it is. It's time for Kriyat Shema. It's time for somebody especially hired in the community would go around to people's houses reminding them. So therefore, you could also set yourself a reminder. What is that reminder? An alarm clock. We all have cell phones. They all have an alarm. Although some alarms are a little bit more annoying, they don't shut off. So you have to get yourself an alarm that will ring at the time that you have to count the Omer. And therefore, if you start within 
before that, if you start within the half an hour, this only works, by the way, within the half an hour. That means, let's say the time is really 8.15, and now it's already 8 o'clock, and you want to begin your meal right away. So fine, so you can begin your meal right away and put your alarm to remind you. This works for the weekday as well as for Lil Shabbat. If you put the alarm, obviously, before Shabbat to remind you when to count Omer. But... If it's already 8.15, so don't begin the meal. You have to count, and then you could begin your meal. So that's halakha. Either pray very, very early on Lel Shabbat, on Friday night. This way you come home before, the half an hour before it's set, and you're fine. Or you can pray very late and count, and then begin your meal. Or put yourself an alarm to remind you when the time comes. The only thing is, when the alarm rings, you must stop, and you must count right away. Otherwise, if the alarm rings and you technically snooze it, meaning to say you just ignore it, so what was the purpose of Allah? It didn't remind you of anything, and that will not work. We are pretty much done with the basic main halachot of Svirat Omer. We do have special cases that come up, and one case that many, many people have been asking, usually there's a show in China at the, during Svirat Omer. I don't know why, somebody told me, it's like they always like to make it during Svirat Omer. So what? So now it presents a big problem. Because what, what's happening is that people are flying out to China, the way it works, people flying out from New York, the plane travels towards the west, and they go out in the direction towards California, and from there they go to the other side, they go keep on going west until they come to the east. If you look at the map, you'll see that the map is spread out in front of you, the map of the world I'm talking about, you'll see that Asia, which includes China and Russia, is all the way on the east, and you have the United States with California all the way on the west, Alaska being the most western part. So there's something called the IDL, the International Dateline, which I don't know who established it. It was done in 1884. We know who established it. In any case, they hold that once you cross that line, you're going from west to east. So basically what happened is that you already skipped the day. You're already on the next day. And if you're coming back the other way, you're going back a day. So... It presents a big complication in halakha and comes to Omer. And to explain it really takes a lot of t- a long time. But we'll tell you just very, very short. If you're planning to travel and you're crossing the international dateline, which means you most practically you're going from uh, America to China, and therefore you're crossing the international dateline, and by the time you come to China, you already lost a full day of 24 hours. The post-game bring down is that you should count the day that you've been counting till now, and the day that they're up to without a blessing for your duration in China. And when, when you come back to the States, then you count, you could continue counting on your old count, which is the count that we're counting here in the States, with a blessing, as long as you didn't lose it. So again, if you're flying out to China, and you get to China, you saw that you lost 24 hours, you, could, you should continue counting your old count, and their count without a blessing, without a biracha. And when you come back to America, you could, as long as you didn't lose any of the days, you could go back to the counting that they did here in America, that they do here in America, and continue with a biracha. The time has come that we have to stop the class. And just to make one more uh, quick announcement, the class will be aired on tonight again on jrootradio.com and on your jroot Pro app at 11 to 12 p.m. Also, we hope to get the videos up as well. If you have any questions that you want to call into the studio regarding Sfirat Omer or the customs of Omer or any other questions, I'll be in the studio for the next 15 minutes. The number is 718-683-5858. If you have any questions by text, we'll answer you also. The number is 
347-927-8398. Until then, we want to thank Iran and the J-Root Radio staff. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day and Hodesh Tov.